time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Well, it's time for another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt here with Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about why you should plan for retirement with a sense of urgency. But before we get to that, a uh, quick hello to Glenn. How are you doing this week? All right, Walter. How are you doing? Doing well and looking forward to this conversation. See, I can see you're embodying the uh, title of today's show. You're getting right to the content, right? No yeah. messing around today. We're planning with urgency. <laughs> That's exactly right. And doing the podcast with the same urgency as well. Well, I think some people, in fact, let me rephrase that. Most people probably find it easy to procrastinate when it comes to financial planning issues. In fact, a lot of the times financial planning has to do with paying someone else or getting rid of money that you have or spending money that you've saved up. A lot of the time, it feels like financial issues always deal with money leaving our pockets. So it's probably why people try to procrastinate having to do such things for so long. And it just sort of, you know, it pervades through the rest of the financial planning process. And a lot of us are just procrastinators by heart. But we want to talk about some of the scenarios that might happen that should cause people now to have a bit more sense of urgency. Certainly, you're going to have urgency when these things occur, but really, we'd like you to plan with urgency now to prevent against these things from happening to you in the future. So we'll cover a couple of examples on today's show. The first one on my list here, Glenn, is the loss of a job. That'll get anybody moving pretty quickly, but it's something that we don't really plan for in advance. We kind of just, I don't know, go forward as this everything's going to be okay. And then we're caught by surprise when something like that jumps up at us. Well, you're exactly right, Walter. And, you know, and so, you know, one of the big things is, you know, when does this happen in life, right? I mean, you know, if it happens early on, that's one thing. If it happens, you know, close to or, you know, just before the retirement years, you know, that's a whole nother thing. One of the big pieces of this puzzle, though, is to obviously make sure that you have an adequate, you know, emergency fund in place. You know, I mean, you know, it's a good idea to not necessarily just a good idea. I mean, it's good practice and probably best practices to have it, you know, somewhere between six months and a year's worth of expenses in an emergency account that you can easily access and you can help you know, stem the tide to make sure that you can get to the other side and make alternative plans. And oftentimes, you know, when we talk to people, you know, they don't really have that emergency fund in place place. It's like, well, uh, yeah, we know we should have more in savings and we should have more that's there. But, you know, hey, you know, life happens and I've got this and I've got that. And, you know, everybody has all the things that they have to deal with in life. But it's one of those things that it should be a priority to make sure that you have that emergency fund just in case. That's a key piece of the puzzle, especially, you know, when you're when you're in your saving years and you're kind of moving up and you're trying to get to the retirement years. But, you know, hey, I mean, if something happens and you've got kids and everything else, I mean, you know, if you don't have an adequate emergency fund, you've got a real big problem. And obviously, you know, similar kind of things can happen, you know, as you get towards the retirement years. But, you know, that's probably the first planning step is to make sure that you have that easy access to capital, you know, and to be able to tide yourself through, you know, and then be able to give yourself some breathing room and say, okay, you know, what am I going to do now so that you don't, you're not panicked and make bad decisions? It's a great point, Glenn. And so this is one thing that certainly leads to a bit of urgency in the planning process. And since we're in this vein of talking about employment and jobs, I think another one that falls under this umbrella, albeit different, would be receiving an early retirement buyout offer. And the time to plan for that is, I guess what, Glenn, knowing that you're in a company or in an industry where these things tend to happen, 
occasionally. So it's worth starting to think about this in advance if you're starting to approach that retirement date. And rather than all of a sudden, okay, here you go, you've got uh, you know 30, 60, or however many days to you know decide on a course of action, and now you've kind of got to start that whole thinking process in advance. Well, no, you're exactly right, Walter. And so that becomes one of those things that you say. I mean, it should be kind of evident, you know, if you're in that kind of an industry where those kind of things tend to happen. But even still, I mean, I think just about anybody who's, you know, particularly, you know, I mean, if you're in your late 50s, early 60s, or maybe a little bit beyond, you know, you might start thinking in terms of, I mean, most companies are kind of moving in the direction of bringing on, you know, fresh folks, you know, out of college, younger, they can pay them less and, and all the things that kind of go with that in the employment and, you know, world that's out there today. Companies are always looking to, you know, figure out how can they get productivity for less money. And typically, if you're, you know, in the retirement years or approaching the retirement years, you're at your peak earning years and your employer also knows that. So you want to be kind of thinking and planning, okay, well, what happens if I get this offer? You know, I mean, do I have other sets of skills that I can take and maybe create my own consulting company or possibly, you know, as you're in those years, you know, just kind of staying attuned to what's available in the job market. You know, I mean, that doesn't mean that you're going to go out and plan to change, get jobs. But, you know, you just kind of maybe just staying in tune. It's like kind of looking out there and seeing, you know, looking over the different job sites and as to what is out there in the marketplace. How much is it paying? You know, what kind of skills are they looking for so that you have, a you know, an idea of if you could transition, now you're ready. It's like maybe you're not ready in terms of time to retire, but if you're given a, an early buyout offer and it's generous enough and then you can transition into something else relatively quickly because you're prepared, now suddenly you've gotten an opportunity to kind of double dip at least for a little while and it could be a real opportunity you know, versus you know an adversity you know, to say, well, gosh, I, I'm going to have to make this decision and now you know, all of a sudden a lot of times people will make a panic decision and maybe it's not the wisest thing that they could have done. Yeah, that's a really good point as well. So anytime we're talking job situations here, obviously a sense of urgency occurs when these events happen and you can plan urgently now and you won't be up against your back against the wall when these events hit. Something else is just in general here, Glenn, a rapidly approaching retirement date. You would think that people wouldn't procrastinate planning if they've got an impending retirement date around the corner, but I'm sure you've had times when people have walked in the door and said, I'm retiring in 30 days or something like that. You know, what should I do? You're exactly right, Walter. I mean, I've had that. I've had people going to walk in and say, you know, hey, I just retired. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> tell me about your plan. I say, well, that's why I'm seeing you. And it's like, okay, well, let's see what we can do at this point. You know, and obviously the it, kind of the elephant in the room is, is, well, maybe we should have started this conversation, you know, a while back. But yeah, it happens. And so the natural tendency for human nature is to think, hey, if things have been going okay for a while, they're likely to stay, you know, going okay. And we hope that that's the case, but that's not always the case, particularly if folks have made some miscalculations. So you want to be thinking along the lines, if you're getting ready to retire and you're maybe a couple years away or a year away, I mean, that's the time to really start putting those plans in place, meaning the kind of the final plans of how you're going to make that transition. You should have probably been planning significantly before that. And a lot of people are, but most people's plans, you know, in the earlier years is like my plan is to go to work and save as much as I can for retirement. And then when I retire, I'll have enough money. And, you know, that's kind of a simplified way of thinking about it. But a lot of people's plans don't go beyond that. And so that's where we really want to make sure that when we're about to make that transition, you know, some of the things that go into play is like, okay, well, you know, is there a pension that you can potentially take? If so, when is going to be the right time to take it? 
What about Social Security? What about your spouse's Social Security? You know, how are we going to make that transition in terms of making sure that the cash flow works and not only works, but works in the most efficient manner, meaning that it's like we start taking Social Security at the right time to create the right amount of income and also start looking at, you know, the taxable nature of the different accounts that you might have, you know, that you've saved for retirement and to make sure that you're doing things that are very, very efficient so that, you know, helps you make everything last longer. And that's a planning process. And the vast majority of people don't really have any experience in doing that. And the vast majority of accumulation advisors, you know, a a lot of brokers and things like that that are out there. I mean, that's not their area of expertise either. It's like, you know, their area of expertise might be, you know, picking this particular investment or that particular investment and trying to grow an account, which is, you know, those are good skills to have. But that's not the same skill as transitioning into retirement and then making your money last. And I think most people can understand that. And it's probably a, a very good idea if you find yourself in that place and you haven't really started making you know more solid plans really start thinking about it you know like I say you can't really start planning too early but certainly you know, a couple years out a year out certainly six months out you really want to kind of have in place and know exactly how are you planning to make that transition rather than all of a sudden it's like well I'm getting ready to retire I better you know let's let me go talk to somebody you know I mean that's better than not talking to somebody but I think everybody can kind of get the idea that it's better to begin to talk to and it's to interview different advisors and figure out who are you going to work with and how is that going to help you make that transition and build that plan that's built to last and going to make sure that you and your spouse are well taken care of you know, throughout your retirement years. Dealing with the death of a spouse will certainly cause somebody to plan with some urgency, but talk about taking a really difficult situation and making it that much harder, that much worse. If you don't have a plan in place and you've procrastinated planning until that event occurs, it puts a lot of people at a disadvantage. It does, Walter. It does. I mean, we've talked about this in previous podcasts before, you know, and you know, the idea is that we want to make sure if you have a married, if it's a married couple, both folks need to really kind of understand what's going on, where the money's coming from, you know, how is the plan, you know, set up to work. If something happens in the marketplace or something else happens, you know, in a particular area of your life, what are you going to do to work through that? You know, and like we've talked about, I mean, many times it's just like kind of one spouse is in charge of all of that. And that's pretty normal. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that we don't want it to be at the extreme where the other person's completely left in the dark. And one other piece that kind of comes into play with the death of a spouse is that, you know, after things kind of get settled and whatnot, and you kind of start taking on that new reality, something that happens that almost nobody thinks about, and that is that you go from filing your taxes as basically married filing jointly to filing as a single person. And what happens then is that the tax brackets get cut in half, which means that, you know, with the income that's coming in, you're going to reach a higher tax bracket twice as fast. And so that needs to be part of the planning process too, because you might be thinking, okay, well, we're spending this amount of money in the household. If it's just one person, maybe I'll spend a little bit less and some of the expenses might come down. 
but then the tax expense might go up and that might go up more than some of the other ones came down. And then, of course, you know, sometimes, you know, some of the income is shifted around and you lose at least one of the Social Security checks. And suddenly, you know, we find ourselves in a place where it's like, hey, we've got a tax problem where maybe we didn't have a tax problem before. And that becomes part of the overall income planning process and the what if scenarios that need to be addressed, you know, beforehand before we you know, find yourself in that position, you know, in a disaster strikes. Yeah, and then a market crash comes along all of a sudden, and that, maybe more than anything else on here, is what people really procrastinate against or, you know, don't plan for, and they're procrastinating. I feel like that's where we are at this exact moment, Glenn, with the way the market has been going up and up and up and up. People are getting a little bit lackadaisical when it comes to their financial planning and trying to follow the proper principles. We don't want to miss that ride up. We're kind of just, you know, everybody seems to be playing with fire, kind of like we did back in 2007, 2008 timeframe. I don't know, it just seems like a lot of deja vu in terms of feelings from a decade ago. And if people aren't preparing in advance, if they're procrastinating to put protections in place against a market crash, and specifically talking about folks approaching retirement here, they could be in for a big hurt. Well, that's true, Walter. And we're not in the job of, or we're not in the you know, position that we're looking to predict this or predict that. We're just wanting to make sure that there's plans in place to make sure that if, in fact, that does happen, that you are ready for it. You know, we've talked a lot in the past about, you know, making sure that your plans are, you know, are taking market forces into account and that, you know, if something, you know, disastrous happens in the markets, that your retirement plan is still built to last and you're still going to be okay no matter what happens. And so that's something that an awful lot of people, you know, don't do or they don't don't think about it until it's too late. And so, you know, we certainly, you know, that's, one of the things that we we really work with folks to help make that transition from the accumulation years to the preservation and distribution years and making sure that, hey, we've got a plans to be able to make sure that your cash flow is going to work, you have an income plan in place, and that you can make your money last regardless of what happens in the market. When we look at the, you know, the dynamics that are happening in the market at this point, if you're not a little bit concerned and you're not you know, saying, well, gosh, you know, I mean, we can't really know for sure what's going to happen and when, but as you say, I mean, there's an awful lot of things out there. And as they say, it's just like, you know, you know, history tends to repeat itself. And if it doesn't repeat itself, it at least begins to rhyme sometimes. And and so, you know, we, we have to kind of look out there and realize that, you know, that there are market cycles. Things go up and things go down. And so, you know, you have to take that into account within your planning and not just be hoping that things just stay up or keep going up. I mean, hope is not a strategy. It's just everybody always wants things to continue to go better. And, and that's just natural. And that's human nature nature. And we all do want that. At the same time, we have to plan for and be more realistic, too, because we know that things change and we've got to be ready for those changes. I like that a lot. What did you say? Repeat that again for uh, for the listeners there about the oh, history repeating itself. Yes. Yes. Say that again. So, yeah. Well, you know, the history um, you know, tends to repeat itself. But there are times when you say, well, it doesn't really repeat itself, but an awful, awful lot of times it at least rhymes. Right? I like that. At I mean, least rhymes. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, history doesn't repeat itself, but sometimes it does rhyme. I think that just uh, that has some neat little undertones and layers to it. So that one really caught my ears there, Glenn. With each of these scenarios, obviously, you'd be certainly better off if you had your ducks in a row now before the big event occurs. So how do you help people who are normally procrastinators, Glenn, kind of get off the pot, make some of these decisions, and you know, kind of buck that trend of waiting to the last minute to deal with these issues? Well, Walter, I mean, it comes to just, you know, having frank conversations, right? I mean, we sit down, I mean, 
you know, most of the time, if somebody has, is, is coming into the office who is looking for an advisor or possibly looking for a second opinion, then they're already in that frame of mind that it's like they know in their heart of hearts that they need to be doing something that they're not. Otherwise, they wouldn't be, you know, visiting with me and, you know, in all likelihood. So, you know, when we sit down, we start talking about it. It's like, OK, well, tell me about your plans that are in place now. You know, what is your current situation? And then it's like, well, okay, let's explore that. Let's stress test how your plan is built. If situation changes, how is that going to turn out? And, you know, what do you really want to have happen? What are you afraid of happening? You know, and we start talking about those kind of things and where people really are and what they want to have happen and what they want to make sure that they avoid. You know, when we start delving into those areas, and a lot of times those are places that people really haven't talked a lot about. And particularly, I mean, maybe they've thought a little bit about it, but it's kind of rare that they've really had a conversation about it. Beyond that, you know, having that conversation with their spouse and also somebody who's there to try to help them, like myself, those kind of conversations really come and bring a lot of those things to the point of saying, okay, yes, we do need to do something about it. Our plans are not adequate and we need to do something more. And so that's kind of how we move folks off of that procrastination. And it's just, it's just being able to allow people to really think things through and have real deep conversations about what do they really want to have happen in their retirement years. And, you know, more often than not, when folks get to that point and they're really ready to have those conversations, they're ready to take some action. Well, if you're ready to take action today and make sure that you've got a better financial plan in place in the future, give Glenn and the team a call at Roadmap Financial Consulting. Glenn's got offices in Greensboro on Muir's Chapel Road. You can check them out online at greensbororetirement.com. That's greensbororetirement.com. Even schedule a free consultation at the bottom of the page from your smartphone or computer, or you can give a call to 336 336- 291-3535. That's 336-291-3535. If anything we've talked about today or on a past episode strikes a chord with you, not a bad idea to pick up the phone, give Glenn a call, and talk through some of these things. 336-291-3535 or greensbororetirement.com. Glenn, thanks for all the help, and we'll look forward to chatting again next week. All right, Walter. Talk to you then. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Storhol. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you soon right back here on the Retirement Roadmap. 